Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Brandon Cadiz here. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Warriors 24-7 podcast. I am joined by my good friend Javier Landaverde. We went to the same college, had a few classes together, and we're here to talk from Warriors hoops. He knows a little thing or two about the Golden State Warriors. Huge fan of the Warriors, too, so I'm excited to bring him on. Javi. Hey, Brandon. Super excited. Uh, there's a lot to talk about the Warriors uh, for today's episode. Yeah, we got plenty to cover. We'll talk about Steph Curry's All-Star Game MVP, first ever Kobe Bryant All-Star Game MVP award, and as well as the Warriors' final 22-game stretch of the regular season. Plenty to cover there. And, of course, we'll bring you the update on James Wiseman practicing with the Santa Cruz Warriors. And we got to start off here first, Javi, with the All-Star Game festivities. I know there was a lot of controversy over the weekend, especially with the dunk contest and how lackluster it was. I want to ask you here, what event stood out to you in the whole All-Star Game weekend, other than the All-Star Game itself? Yeah, there was a lot of different different events that took place. And I think the most memorable for me was the three-point shooting contest. Um, And I'm not sure if it's because I'm a Warriors fan and I'm used to seeing the Splash Brothers, you know, compete all the time. But I thought that event was pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, I had my eyes out there on former St. Mary's Gales and legend there in Patty Mills. Didn't really get too far there. Ultimately, Carl Anthony Towns ended up winning the three-point contest, and he gave out a pretty clear prediction early on coming into the contest that he was going to win it all. And probably the best shooting big man is what he calls himself, and everyone can agree to that now with him winning that three-point contest. He was on the heater there in that game. What do you think about Towns winning it all, Javi, being a big man? You know, honestly, Brandon, I was really surprised. Uh, I actually had Luke Kennard as my dark horse and favorite to win it. Yeah. And I thought he started off pretty good. But, uh, you know, I I actually was – I didn't really expect Car Anthony Towns to be, like, very consistent with his shot, especially for, like, a big guy. But there were some rumors that apparently that Steph Curry kind of came up to him, you know, and kind of gave him like some secret sauce, some like <laughs> secret stuff. And I guess it worked out for him, Brandon. Yeah, dapping him up. We saw Curry later on there with Green and Wiggins for the for the dunk contest. But yeah, looking at it all, Luke Kennard was there. They were the final two, actually, Javi. So if you placed a, placed a bet on that, then um, you're pretty close to winning there. Similar to our sponsor in Ben Online. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full stream for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. Head over to our website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember, just use our code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline's your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. 
right onto the Winter Olympic coverage that just happened. They're the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, Javi, after that, of course, we're got, we got to talk about the controversial slam dunk contest. A lot of dunk attempts there in the first round, 10 to 12 dunks. Players had to try down until they made a dunk. They had all the free time there. And then towards the end of the contest, they had the standard, if you miss your three dunks, you're out. They'll just judge you from that. Who was a dunker that stood out to you in this contest? Because it was hard. But early on, there were a couple of great dunks. Yeah, um, I like the lineup. There's some surprising people like uh, Juan Toscano Anderson. Um, but you know, for me, I think the one guy that was a bit disappointed, uh, it might, it might've been the pressure too, cause he's a rookie. Yeah. I thought Jalen, Jalen Green, you know, was going to do much better. Um, uh, but I thought some of the ideas were really creative. I think it was a bit too much and he kind of picked up some nerves, but I, I honestly thought that for me, he was like one of the top guys, athletic guys to make it out of the dunk contest far. Yeah, it was great to see JTA in the contest, of course. Uh, being He was actually, when they announced him, the first player of Mexican descent to compete in the slam dunk contest. So that's awesome. And he also, of, of course, rocked the jersey with the pride colors of the Mexican flag in the front and the back of his numbers and also those shoes. Then I think the coolest part of the contest was his first dunk, jumping over a teammate, Andrew Wiggins, Went over to the judges' table to Clyde Drexler and had that old-fashioned ABA ball signed and then jumped over and propelled over Wiggins. Did a windmill dunk. Javi, your thoughts there? I think I'm someone that would be like, if you're going to try to jump over someone like Andrew Wiggins, you shouldn't be able to use your hand there. But they still gave him out a pretty good score there on the first dunk at 44 points. Yeah, I like the first dunk. Uh, I know uh, it's not something new, but... I like the idea, you know, we, we're judging the dunk contest of, you know, the props, the style, uh, the degree of dif- difficulty. I thought that was pretty solid. That's uh, I like the score for that dunk, particularly, you know, JTA with the jerseys, the shoes, and using his teammates. And the degree of the dunk was pretty hard as well. What would you think, though, like if you're going to comp- do that dunk, you got to – clear the player without touching him. What were your thoughts of Piscano pushing off a little bit there off of Andrew Wiggins? Yeah, I think it's fine, Brandon. I think I've seen uh, other dunk contestants in previous um, also like using a hand to like push off from, from uh, someone or a prop. Uh, So I had no issue with it. I'm not sure if it's because uh, a lot of people still don't know like JTA or he isn't very well known. So it's easy. I think sometimes to like criticize like players. Yeah. But I thought he did pretty good for that dunk. Yeah. He ended it off with a Jason Richardson jersey, trying to do a dunk coming off from the side. Wasn't really as impressive. Ultimately, it came down to JTA and Obi Toppin. And Obi Toppin stole the show there at the end. And when I say stole the show, I mean that in quotations as it wasn't that impressive of an ending for the dunk contest because Obi Toppin ran away with it after the first dunk and he did hobby that little behind the back and then dunked it like 
He used his one hand, got into the other, almost like the Jamal Crawford behind the back when he's in transition, and then grabbed it and then threw it down. I think that was the most impressive dunk um, of the contest, the Obi Toppin one. Yeah, I think it was too. Uh, it's one of those that happens really fast, but if you actually watch the replay in slow motion, he kind of like taps the ball to the backboard with his palm, and then he palms it back into the basket. I thought that was pretty creative. I don't think I've seen oh, that before yeah. in the dunk contest. Gotcha. You're talking about, yeah, that one. I was talking about the one where he went behind his back. But, no, I forgot about that one. I'm glad you brought that up. It was anticlimactic when that happened. But, yeah, that dunk was so creative. I don't think I've seen that one happen either. Yeah, but the other one, too, the behind the back, uh, that one, yeah, that one was great. Uh you know, I'm not being sarcastic, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I think he, I think Obi kind of knew, uh, you know, like at that point, everyone was saying that he needed like a solid six uh, to secure the win. And I think that was, it was still cool, the dunk, but I think he just played it safe uh, just to make sure to get the dunk in. Yeah. And final thing here, before we talk about the all-star game itself, in regards to the dunk contest, what are your solutions, Avi, for improving this dunk contest for the years to come? Do they go back to the old format where just you have uh, more players and you go through a three-round format instead of the two-round format? Do you only allow each dunker three tries no matter what? What's your thoughts? Um, It's kind of hard. I didn't really mind the format they have now. I think it's more of – and it's not just the dunk contest. I feel like it's for some of the other – content for all-star break i feel like i feel like all-star is becoming like too friendly uh mm -hmm. you know like it's lost that you know that yeah. early 2000 or middle 90s where like players like really did compete and were a bit more aggressive you know of, during the all-star break and it's fine like i think now it's more like a camaraderie of like togetherness for all the players uh but yeah, I don't I think I'm fine with the format they have. Maybe it's probably I think we've seen throughout the years as well that there's been a lot of creativeness in the All-Star break and I'm not sure that's making it even harder for like the new guys to like invent something. Yeah, I agree with you there in the sense that we got to see some more creativeness a little bit just because as you mentioned over the past years we saw those matchups of Dwight Howard and Nate Robinson, Zach Levine, of course, taking on Aaron Gordon. Those were great matchups. And I think the Zach Levine-Aaron Gordon one was the last best dunk contest we've seen in quite some time. And this was a comment made by Vince Carter, Javi, and let me know if you agree with this or not. But he said that maybe if we get the top dunkers in the league to compete for it, maybe LeBron shows up one time. And how do we get that to happen? you raise up the stakes, right? You offer a million dollars to the winner of the dunk contest. So they're more competitive. If you have that incentive, not only you get the trophy, but you get an extra million dollars. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I really do like that idea. Even if it's for the players, like not doing it for the money, at least um, some incentive like charity donation, right? Winner gets to use the money for, you know, donating for their specific charity, uh, but there has to be some motive for, um, you know, for the players to, especially the top players to compete in it. Yeah, I would have loved to see 
no shade at JTA, but I would have just loved to see Jonathan Kaminga in there. And I know he was asked about it and said he, he wasn't a creative dunker, more of an in-game dunker. But I mean, if you're that athletic, I think no matter what you do, it's going to shine and look pretty good. Yeah, I agree too. Um, uh, you know, he says he's, uh, he's very athletic, um, but it'll be interesting. You know, I think some of these athletic guys tend to be very explosive with their selections for the dunk. Yeah, absolutely. And Javi, we got to talk about the star of the show from the past All-Star weekend. We got to talk about our man, Stephen Curry. He set, or he was second in all-time scoring in a single game for the all for an All-Star game. So Anthony Davis had the record at 52 points. Steph finished with 50 points in that contest. Of course, he was part of Team LeBron. We'll give you Curry's final numbers in 36 minutes, went 17 of 30 from the field, 16 of 27 from beyond the arc, finished with those 50 points, five rebounds, two assists, one steal, and two blocks. Curry broke the record for most threes in an all-star game as well with 16 total three-pointers. Yeah, Curry, uh, really brilliant during the all-star start game uh, I really thought um he started off really well and you know he it just shows you how good he is as an NBA player you whenever you give him you know a lot of space to shoot he makes them in a high clip rate and I was surprised Brandon but I think during the third and fourth quarter we actually started to see the the team Durant play more defense and try to trap him uh, yeah, even then it was hard to yeah even then, it was hard to contain Curry. Yeah. Um, I mean, Javi, Warriors Twitter was going ballistic, and they were calling them out, uh, calling team, team Durant, and saying that, hey, how are you going to double Steph? You really going to try to prevent him? You really hate him this much? And it, it throws it back to a couple of summers ago where, do you remember that clip of Devin Booker? It was just a practice scrimmage, and Booker was complaining about getting double teamed. It, it reminds me of that and how they should have just let – Steph try to break the record a little bit more easily. And to be fair, Steph struggled in that fourth quarter to break the record, jacked up some really open threes, just couldn't make them. Yeah, I agree too. Uh, but and, and it was funny because um, when they were trapping Steph, he would pass it to Giannis, to LeBron, or some of the other teammates, and they were wide open. And some of them, like, missed it. Uh, and then – they kept looking for him, uh, feeding him. There's a play where I think Giannis found LeBron and then he passed it back to Giannis. And then they find, they find Curry like wide open in the corner from his movement and they, he just made it. And then he turned around to the crowd. Oh, yeah. No look three. The, yeah, the no look three, the one in which he pump faked and shot it over Trey Young. I think that was a little, uh, little reminder to Trey Young that, hey, I'm still the three point king. And I can shoot from that range. Respect your elders there, Trey Young. But uh, I would have just loved to see Steph break the three-point record. In that final frame, he went one of six. But how fitting is it, Javi? What an honor it was for Steph to be the first ever recipient of the newly named Kobe Bryant MVP award. We remember that game early on in Steph's career where I think it was in LA or it was overseas in China. It was a preseason game where Steph hit a three over Kobe and Kobe gave him a little tap on the butt saying that, Hey, you're next in this league. 
Yeah, I'm proud for Steph. Uh, and this is just another collection uh, to his resume uh, to go with a lot of awards that he has received. So he has already an all-star uh, MVP title to his resume. Yeah, and Javi, Steph becomes the first player to win the skills challenge, the all-star game MVP, and the three-point contest. Jokingly, did he, did he compete in the dunk contest, Javi? He'll be the first ever four four-time winner of all of those major all-star awards. I mean, is he, do you think he might do it next season? <laughs> well, we'll have to see. Maybe we'll see Steph in the dunk contest before LeBron James. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be interesting if that actually happened? But, Javi, we got to take a little break here and talk about our sponsor, NordVPN. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day Money back guarantee. That's a great deal there for NordVPN. Make sure to check them out and the sponsor there, NordVPN. Javi, back to the All-Star game to close it out. Your thoughts there, Cleveland, Steph Curry, and LeBron James, both from Cleveland originally. And I don't know if you remember this, but they brought this up in the broadcast. Steph and LeBron were born at the same hospital. So how fitting was it that LeBron ended it off with a game winner and Steph had the recognition for the best game? Two guys from Ohio doing their thing back in their hometowns. Yeah, it was great for the crowd. Um, the crowd reaction was pretty good for LeBron. Uh, I, I didn't really hear much booze for LeBron. Um, they booed Steph. And then they they booed definitely Steph. booed Steph. Uh, I, there was a couple like Steph fans. I'm not sure if they're from Cleveland though, but uh yeah, they booed Steph, and I think that helped them even more for the All-Star game. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that really hit him up. I think the same way Steph felt about uh, Porter Jr. in that Houston game, I, I, I definitely saw Steph wanting to, like, get the MVP. Yeah, absolutely. And Steph, I think a lot of people said, hey, is, was this the game – the all-star game that has officially broken him out of the slump. He's going to come out swinging here in the second half of the season. We'll talk about Steph's hot start against the Portland Trailblazers a little bit later. But, Javi, your final thoughts here on the all-star festivities this past weekend. Any last words on it? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, Could be better, but I thought it was pretty good. I like the performances they had and, all the entertainment was pretty good and solid. Yeah, I think Cleveland there getting this all-star game, <clears throat> excuse me, getting this all-star game 
I'm excited for them when the Warriors eventually host the All-Star Game. Brand new Chase Center. I'd definitely be out there uh, trying to support the Warriors, of course. And, of course, just check out the All-Star Game because I haven't been to one myself. The last one that was here in the Bay Area was when Jason Richardson won the dunk contest in Oracle Arena way back when. So that's pretty impressive. Javi, let's get into this. The news that Warriors fans always ask is that when is James Wiseman coming back? When is James Wiseman going to come back? And uh, Kareth Burke at the NBC Sports Studio uh, joking around that she, she said that that's the question I always get. And it's always the same answer. He's close. He's close. He's close. But I think this is the moment that we are really close to him playing in the first week of March or the second week of March because yesterday the Golden State Warriors assigned James Wiseman to the Santa Cruz Warriors roster for practice. And then immediately after practice, they recalled him back to the big leagues with the Golden State Warriors. So got a little practice time in there. It is not anything to be worried about or concerned Warriors fans about him going down there to practice and then being called back up. Nothing to be of concern because it's just protocol that announced when you send the player down, they did the same thing for Steph Curry and Clay Thompson when they came off of injuries and had to practice down in Santa Cruz. Bobby, I know you saw some video of James Wiseman in that five-on-five scrimmage as well, as well excuse me, and got the put-back dunk. What are your thoughts on James Wiseman and how he can help this roster when he returns? Yeah, so I, I, I think Wiseman this season's goal was to be a little bit more uh, technical in his style of play. Uh, I know last season he flashed a lot of offensive potential from shooting it, to attacking the basket. But I think this season they have emphasized of him being more of a lob threat around the perimeter. Yeah, I'm, we saw shades of that lob threat ability last season. And, of course, also the, with the emergence of Jonathan Kaminga this season, which we'll talk about later too, you pair those two up and the interior is going to be a threat. You have Kaminga driving. You'll have Wiseman lobbing it up. And I think – as I said a couple of podcasts ago, that James Wiseman said he wants to keep it simple, grab rebounds, catch lob, throw it down, block shots, not try to get too complicated with everything. So, Jonathan, or excuse me, James Wiseman, I don't think will be taking as many three pointers or mid range shots as he did last season. And I think if he does, he's an he's improved on his uh, back to the basket game. We just saw a lot of him driving last year, and a concerning thing that I thought of last season was him not being able to catch passes, right? He would fumble a lot of them and turn them over. So hopefully he's improved on that. And was that one of the things that also stood out to you last year, Javi, is his inability to have those soft hands and really catch the ball, especially with guys like Stafford Delo when he was still on the team dishing out assists to him? Yes, uh, last Excuse season. Uh... Sorry, not Delo, just Steph. <laughs> Last season, I thought um, I honestly thought he might have been our one of our top three best athletic players in the team, mm-hmm. uh, and he showed a lot of potential to catch those lobs, but he did misplace a lot of those passes. But I'm that's why I'm excited to see his progression as well because uh, the Warriors went all out. They even hired uh, Nikola Jokic, uh, former coach uh, Dejan Milicevic, yeah. to kind of mentor him. So I'm pretty excited to see what the work has been for Weissman and Dijon, like putting the work to him and see 
how he has improved compared to last season. Yeah, and Steve Kerr recently said that the criticism of him, of James Wiseman, this early in his career is unfair because he hasn't gone through a full training camp because of a COVID-shortened season. An injury uh, last season prevented him from practicing a full training camp this year, and he hasn't even played in a summer league game. So he played 40, 40 games, I believe, last season, and he showed shades of being a number two overall pick. We know big men tend to develop a little bit longer and for those fans comparing uh lamello ball right now and james wiseman that is just not fair comparisons lamello ball doing great of course in charlotte was the rookie of the year last season he's a point guard has played more games has gone through more training we'll see what wiseman brings but hey is it unrealistic if we just want him the average 10 and 5 and come off the bench in 15 to 17 minutes and spot for Kevon Looney. If you're able to split 15 and 15 between those two, I think you have a solid center core there. And that's especially without even Draymond Green coming back yet. We know the Warriors like to play small, so they have the switchability now, Javi, heading into the playoffs of going big or going small. Yeah, I agree, Brandon. I think uh, I think some of the issues for us, for some opponents, is the matchup of our big men. You know, we sometimes we do lack in size and we do get punished on the on the dunker spot. But definitely Weissman does add more physicality, more height towards our limited center rotation. Yeah. And I think James Weissman has rehabbed. He's taken his time. He's well rested and he's taken some vitamins. And maybe it's maybe he's taken some of our vitamins here with our sponsor, Athletic Greens. Tons of people take multivitamins every day. But it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of that. It's also lifestyle-friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supported vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. And Javi, we got to talk about the rookie, right? Jonathan Kaminga and transition over to the past game against the Portland Trailblazers. Warriors come out swinging for their first game since the all-star break, 132 to 95 victory. And Jonathan Kaminga, 27 minutes, 17 points, a plus 24 on the team, Javi, with eight rebounds. And get this, 10 of 12 from the free throw line. We saw him struggling early on in the year from the free throw line. It was nearly at 65% early in his career, but he's improved his ability to drive, and everybody is fouling him. He's a big threat, one of the best drivers in the league now, arguably. You can put him up there 
with slashers like Jalen Brown and Giannis. And I know you've seen shades of that. Talk more about that. Yeah, I'm really impressed with Kaminga. Uh, I didn't really watch him play in Ignite in the G League, but uh, he was really known for being very athletic. And so, like, coming into the season, I thought his biggest strength would probably be attacking the rim. And I'm just impressed with he has so much skills and athleticism and attacking the paint. Some of his go-to moves is, you know, spin around, uh, fakes, and just very clever. In the basket, he doesn't have to be athletic and dunk all the time. And I think his next step is, uh, and we've seen him already improve his shot selections for threes, but if he could continue improving that three, that even opens up more spaces for him to attack the basket. But he's been a really great player to see this season. Yeah, let me tell you something here. 67% on the season from the free throw line, but the past 10 games improved that up by nearly six points at 72%. And for Joku Javi, um, he said post-game after that Blazers game that you talked about his shot selection that he's like, he said this himself. And why am I going to try to shoot three-pointers when I have two of the best shooters in the game on this team and other shooters around me. He's just so mature for a 19-year-old. He knows his game. He knows he can just drive and attack to the rim and be fouled, and that provides an edge from the Warriors that they've never had for these past championship teams, this athletic guy that's out of this world. Yeah, I I agree, too. And, you know, I think – that's the benefit of playing with two really great shooters, legendary shooters with Clay and Steph. Um, you know, they're going to stretch out the defense and it allows you to have more space to attack the basket. And I think he knows that and he's using that right now to his advantage. And that really does add a different dimension on the Warriors offense. Steph Curry coming back from the All-Star break, 18 points, 5 of 11 from the field, 2 of 7 from beyond the arc. So, the three-pointers did not transition over from the All-Star game to that first game. But you know what he did? He was involved in this game by passing the ball. 14 assists, which is a season high for Stephen Curry. His career high is 16 assists. So coming out of the break, we thought he was just going to be jacking up threes, Javi. Went two for seven again from the three-point line. But his his game, just being able to assist, we haven't seen Steph get 14 assists in quite some time. Yeah, I think uh, Steph, uh, this season especially, uh, I think teams have been definitely more trapping him. We've seen this season definitely compared to other seasons of sometimes even triple teaming Steph, uh, box one and two. They've been doing a good job on him. But, you know, not everything about Steph is just shooting. His ability to read the spaces in between from players his teammates doing backdoor cuts and getting open he's able to find them as well yeah and in that Portland game Javi it was a complete game it was truly strength and numbers from former Warriors teams we saw Steph and Clay with 18 points we saw Jonathan Kaminga with 17 Poole with 15 Wiggins Looney and Otto Porter with 10 everyone in this game scored and Gary Payton the second, of course, got his second consecutive start. The first one came right before the All-Star break. Steve Kerr said he was going to implement him into the starting lineup. And it's peak rewards, or it's reaped rewards, excuse me, for this Warriors squad. Ten points for GP2. Again, two steals for him. 
for Young Glove. Your thoughts on GP2 continuing to start? I'm a, I was a huge advocate of him uh, starting for the second half until Draymond Green comes back. But the Warriors are so deep, Javi. And that's because Draymond Green is not even back yet. You have guys that you can develop like Jonathan Kaminga. He wouldn't have gotten these minutes if Draymond Green was playing in GP2. It's almost a, a blessing in disguise for this Warriors team. Yeah, I agree too. Um, it, you know, it does hurt not having Draymond, but especially for Gary Payton, I think he's playing not the Draymond role, but having him start and especially that we know Gary Payton is a very specific key defensive player for the team. I think it just adds that tempo of the start of the game of playing heavy defense um, and then bringing like an offensive punch off the bench to kind of up the tempo during the game. But I love the addition of Kerr uh, continuing to starting Gary Payton, who's been having a pretty great season this season. And Javi, let's break this down. The final 22 games for the Golden State Warriors, nine games left at the Chase Center, currently 26-6 and six at home, tied for the best home record in the NBA with the Phoenix Suns, and they have 13 games on the road. They play tomorrow night, Sunday, for final 22-game stretch here of the Warriors season. How the world is out with that injury? Talk me through this. Um, do you think the Warriors have a chance at a two-game stretch? Uh, yeah. Um, so I think how the way this season is going to pan out, um, I think the Suns will be difficult. But, you know, one of the biggest problems with the Suns is uh, Chris Paul's injury. And I think that will determine whether the Warriors can overtake the Suns for the first seed. But that would come down also to Steve Kerr. Um, you know, we've seen Steve uh, towards the end of the season, you know, following like Craig Popovich uh, motto of sometimes like resting his key guys before the postseason starts. So it'll be interesting. But I think the Warriors are going to go for a good run to finish off the season. And what do you think here, Javi, um, in terms of being able to execute uh, with Chris Paul being out? Who has a step up for the Phoenix Suns? For the Phoenix Suns, uh, well, we did watch them play already uh, a game versus New Orleans that they lost without Chris Paul. But um, we need to see a little bit better of the bench production. So, you know, and Aiden. Aiden needs to, you know, definitely get more opportunities to score. Um, and the bench also has to step up. Gotcha there. And for the Warriors here, Javi, uh, Draymond Green, we have no timetable for his return, but Klay Thompson is starting to feel his stride. We saw that explosive game against the Lakers to close it out. And against the Portland Trailblazers, Klay Thompson uh, was pretty hot there in the end, nailed a couple three-pointers there, went on a little bit of a hot streak, four of seven. Do you think Klay's starting to find his stride? And do you think we can expect, 20-point clay to come out routinely from the final 22-game stretch and especially heading into the playoffs? Yeah, I still feel that there's a couple guys I think that we should probably like lower a little bit the expectations. But uh, for me, Clay and Weissman are two guys that are coming off from injuries. But I do think Clay this season can really impact the team. I feel the same way Manu Ginobili did with the Spurs. Um, and just gives them 
like a very like we've seen this season specifically clay has definitely improved his passing um but i think he'll be a very key x factor in the postseason yeah do you yeah i know we we definitely do need to lower our expectations for warriors fans but it's the clay thompson confidence that we're starting to see back his swagger whenever he makes a like back-to-back three-pointers consecutively and he's not afraid to jump anymore which i think he was hesitant of course coming back from that injury in the first couple of games and understandably so clay thompson is back and uh, in an interview, he said that he's probably 80% good on defense, meaning that he's confident in his ability to defend, but going laterally was an issue for him still. He's, he said he's 80% going laterally of what he used to be. So is that an issue of guarding more athletic players? And do you think that GP2 or Jonathan Kaminga will be put on those more athletic players now instead of Clay? Yeah, I actually think – so for me, Wiggins – and Gary Payton are going to be two key guys for Clay's defensive uh, contribution. I feel uh, um, we won't see Clay guarding maybe next season it, when he gets back to 100% like fit wise. Uh, but we'll see more of Wiggins and Gary Payton uh, deal with the team's best scorer. Yeah, absolutely. And Javi, uh, we have the Dallas Mavericks coming up here tomorrow. Of course, they are now without Kristaps Porzingis. They acquired Spencer Dinwiddie and the Mavericks one and one against the Warriors this past season. Uh, Luka Doncic uh, looks well rested. He's from the all-star break. He's getting more into the shape of he was last season. Of course, a little bit down year for Doncic's cardio-wise. He admitted that himself. He came out out of shape into this season. But your thoughts on this Dallas game and what the Warriors need to do to continue to, to try to catch these Phoenix Suns now? Yeah, so for me, if they could catch up to Phoenix, that'll be key. For this Dallas game, this Dallas team, even when they had Porzingis, they look like they were like, having a really good run. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how with the new acquisitions, if that's changed anything. But one guy that I noticed that has been a problem and he's been really great for them has been uh, Jalen Brunson, uh, the point guard. Yeah. I think last time we had a problem with him. If they could have Gary Payton or Wiggins contribute to him to have a quiet night, um, that'll definitely help out the, the offense, Warriors offense too you know, do better for this game. So he's my key matchup. If we could stop Jalen Brunson from having a 20 point game. Yeah, that's, that's a great point right there. Javi Brunson is definitely a uh, very underrated player on their team. I would say so myself. Again, the Warriors have, let's count this up, Javi. They got Dallas at home. One, two, three, four, five. Four of their next five games are on the road. After Dallas, they head to Minnesota. Then they'll see Dallas again, take on the Lakers, then Denver. Then they'll have the Clippers at home. Then they'll take on Denver again. That's a a rescheduled game from earlier on in the year where they had to reschedule that Denver game due to COVID outbreaks. And later on in the season, one, two, three, four, five game stretch in which they're on the road as well. So this is going to be a testament to this Warriors team of being able to close out the season uh, in a fashion in which they were so advantageous at home to start off. And now they got to close it out on the road. 
Yeah, that's a definitely a hard schedule. Uh, if I was to predict how they would do their next six or seven games, I think they probably. I feel like they'll split with Denver, mm-hmm. uh, one and one, and uh, I think they could potentially beat Dallas their next two games, and uh, the Lakers as well. Uh, the one matchup I'm kind of interested is actually Minnesota and see how they would do with Minnesota. Yeah, we remember they lost to Minnesota in Minnesota uh, early on this season, but they came back and bounced back at home. Uh, a lot of those games actually are national games, an ESPN game, ABC, a couple TNT games in there as well. First, Warriors, a new report came out of viewership that – the Warriors are the number one team viewing-wise uh, this season. No surprise there. And I think the increase there of fans, especially with Steph's year, you get those rookies and Jonathan Kaminga, the anticipation. But also, uh, Javi, the Warriors have the hardest schedule left of the regular season. Uh, lastly here, when we close off our podcast, who are you looking at that's really worrisome in the playoffs for this Warriors team? And who would you like them to see in the play-in tournament uh, or in the first round uh, after they do the play-in tournament? Yeah, so i like to see them play the Blazers. I want to have an issue with the Blazers. They definitely have a great record against the Blazers. So if I was to choose who they should pick, Blazers would be perfect for them. The team that I'm pretty worried for the Warriors in the West um, – I have to say Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, I think it's just the last two seasons we've been a pretty, wouldn't say a bad matchup, but they've been pretty tough to beat uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, we know Memphis has been a tough number on the Warriors. I think one and two this season the Warriors are against the Grizzlies and John Morant, but the Warriors getting some help as the Grizzlies just lost, the Suns just lost, and the Warriors take on the Mavericks tomorrow any last words here Javi before we close out this episode not much um it's just uh this season's been great to see the Warriors bounce back uh you know we as fans we know they have struggled the last two seasons uh uh, last season did they great but it's great to see that the whole team is coming back healthy and and it's great to see also Klay Thompson be back after missing two seasons well Javi I appreciate it thank you for joining us on this edition of the Warriors 24-7 podcast. Make sure to hit follow so you get an update on whenever we post a new episode. We'll be continuing to have Javi throughout the season here as well as some other guests now to join us to have a more conversation-like environment for this podcast. Until next week's episode, thanks for tuning in. And of course, this show is presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.